Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please, enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk. We just say good morning to everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, Living Stones Sunday morning, first Sunday of February. Can you believe it? The 12th of the year is already gone. Um, and uh, we are rejoicing together this morning because England are doing well in the test match and we uh, <laughs> but they lost the rugby against Scotland. oh yes against yes Scotland oh. <laughs> yeah good for Scotland well done for them um, so yeah and uh, more importantly we, we come together to worship the Lord together this morning uh, because although I'm sure the Lord appreciates and enjoys sport, um, uh, there are matters of the kingdom which are uh, equally important. So <laughs> thank you, Father, for your presence with us this morning. We thank you, Father, for the, the joy of being together uh, apart in this way. And we thank you for the ministry and help of your Holy Spirit, uh, the, the, the guidance and instruction of your word, and the fellowship of one another. Uh, we, we bless you and praise you this morning. Thank you for Jesus, uh, the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, we, we pray, Father, you'll bless us as we uh, meet together this morning. I'm just going to share my screen and we're going to pray a prayer together and then I'm going to be handing over to Ellie, who will be leading us through our time together this morning. So uh, if you would uh, mute yourselves, or I think I think you've been muted. Uh, if not, would you mute, mute yourselves and we will pray this prayer together. As a church, we pray that as we meet together this morning, we may receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation so we may know him better and that the eyes of our hearts may be opened to know the hope in which he has called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and the incomparably great power he has for us who believe. Amen. 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 Wonderful prayer from Ephesians. So now I want to hand over to Ellie. So thank you, Ellie. Morning. Um, welcome to our All Age Cafe Church once a month, um, my turn this month, and we're starting on a new theme. Um, the, uh, the theme of some of our uh, talks um, are going to be uh, journeys, and I think specifically um, the uh, exodus, the, the journey of the Israelites. Um, so we thought we would keep the theme of journeys uh, for our cafe church, but we're going to jump to the New Testament and um, the very obvious journeys in the New Testament are Paul's journeys. So we're going to be looking at Paul's first journey in the, over the next few uh, cafe churches. Now, uh, any of the kids, do you know who Paul was in the Bible? Do you know anything about him? Who was he? What did he do? Anything he did? Anything at all? What do you know about Paul already? It could be nothing. You could say, I don't know anything about Paul. I don't know who he was. Jess has got a, Jess has got a thumbs down. She's not sure who Paul is. Anyone else of the young variety? Nobody. Have we got, who have we got kids with us this morning? I could only see the Kellys. So let's begin with who was Paul? Well, he was someone who didn't follow Jesus um, when Jesus was alive. He learned all about who Jesus was after he had gone back to heaven. Um, he realised that he and all the other followers of Jesus had a job to do once he discovered Jesus and knew who he was and found out that he was the truth. He uh, knew he had a job to do and decided that he needed to carry out that job and tell as many people as he could possibly reach, um, as far as he could possibly go, um, tell other people all about who Jesus was and what Jesus did. 
um, and what Jesus can do for us in our lives. So Paul's job was as what well, we call them a missionary. He was a missionary. He went out and traveled miles and miles and miles and miles and miles to tell as many people as he possibly could in his lifetime all about who Jesus was. And we read about uh, Paul in the book of Acts in the Bible, which is the fifth book in the New Testament. Now, um, Justin has found um, a very cool little video clip, which is going to uh, show you just the extent of Paul's journeying, how far he actually went. So we're going to start with that. If you are ready, Justin, can you share the video? Okay, so now we know what Paul did. Wow, he just went a long, 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 long way. And he must have met thousands and thousands of people in his journeys. And he must have told them all about Jesus. Well, we know he did, he told. So the amount of people that Paul reached is incredible. Um, uh, now he went on so many journeys, um, uh, but today we're gonna start with the very first one. So right at the beginning of the video, we hear the first place that Paul goes to. He starts at Antioch, which isn't Jerusalem, it's north of Jerusalem, it isn't even in Israel, it's in Syria. And Antioch from there, he uh, got on a boat and crossed the sea to an island. Did anyone catch which island he went to? Yeah, Andy knows. Jess is having a think. Michael. Did you see the island and what the name was? Not sure. Okay, well, it was Cyprus. So we are going to be looking at that first uh, journey. Um, that Paul did, he sailed across to the island of Cyprus and we're gonna find out what happened on Cyprus in our story today. So are my young readers ready? Brilliant. And Mary, oh, she's just gone to get my young reader. <laughs> so while we wait for Mary to get Evie, who's gonna read for me, um, I'm gonna put up a PowerPoint um, and then you have, to, uh, you have to concentrate carefully during the story because there's going to be some questions afterwards a little quiz okay so um if i can uh, i will share so um who's who's starting kaz is it olivia or is it um jess i've given jess barnabas and saul are chosen so in the church at antioch so is that, does that say, is, is that the one that's 13 at the top and yes the, well, yeah, yeah, that's the start then. Okay, okay so, so that's Jess. Yeah. So Jess is going to start. So Jess, when you see the first picture come up on the screen, then can you start reading? In in the church at Antioch, Antioch there were these prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Bar Barnabas, mm -hmm. Simeon, also called N Niger, Niger, Lucia, Lucius from the city of Cyrene, Manan, who had grown up with Herod, the ruler, and Saul. They were all worshipped, they were all worshipping the Lord and giving up eating. The Holy Spirit said to them, give Barnabas, give Barnabas and Saul to me and do special work. I have chosen them for it. So they gave up eating and prayed. They laid their hands on Barnabas and Saul and set them out. Brilliant, good. Uh, Olivia, I think it might be you next. I've got, it says Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's the next one. Off you go. They, Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went to the city of... Delusia. So Lucia, from there they sailed to the island of Cyprus. That looks like Capuchins. Cyprus. Cyprus. That's it. When they came out to, that looks Salam. like salami. Yeah, you could call Salamis. it salami. They preached the good news of God in the Jewish synagogues. John Mark was them with was with them to help. They went across the whole island of pharaohs, 
Pathos. Pa pathos. In Pathos, they met a Jew. He was a magician. His name was Bar Jesus. He was a false prophet who also stayed close to Sergius Paulus. Uh, Sergius Paulus, the governor. Sergius Paulus was a smart man. He asked Barnabas and Saul to come to him because he wanted to hear the message of God. But Elamus, the magician, that is what his name means, was against them. He tried to stop the government governor from believing in Jesus. And I think now we're Evie. But Saul was filled with the Holy Spirit. Saul's other name was Paul. He looked straight at Elymas and said, You, son of the devil, you are an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of evil tricks and lies. You are always trying to change the Lord's truths into lies. Now the Lord will touch you and you will be blind. For a time you will not be able to see anything, not even the light from the sun. Then everything became dark for Elymas. He walked around trying to find someone to lead him by the hand. When the governor saw this, he believed he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Thank you, guys. Really, really brilliantly read. Um, so I'm going to leave the PowerPoint up um, because now I hope you were listening carefully. Uh, and children, you can use your the words that you've just read to check back for the answers. Uh, but there are some questions. So what we're going to do is we're going to um, answer questions. And then as we get the questions right, we can choose a colour, uh, which will reveal something underneath. And I've accidentally revealed something already a little underneath. So you can probably guess what it is, but never mind. So here are the questions. You can have a look at all of them so that you can be ready with some answers for me, okay? Right, have a look at them. Do you think you might know some of the answers already? Let's see. So, uh, Anya, mute yourselves if you think you know what the answer is. Uh, the first question says, what were the two names of the magician? He had two names. He had a Hebrew name and he had a Greek name. Jess thinks she knows. Bar Jesus and Elymas. Very good, that is correct. Jess, choose a colour. Um, pink, please. Pink. Woo! Right. Question two. Which town did Paul preach in first in Cyprus? What was the name of the first town he preached in? It was where he landed his ship. Um, I think I know it. Yep, off you go. Sir. Lucia? Yay, very good. Was that Liv's? Yeah. Which colour would you like? Blue, please. Dark blue or light blue? I like light blue, so light blue, please. Okey doke. Uh, question number three. Which town did the Roman governor live in? After Seleucia, they travelled to the, the main city where the Roman governor lived. Okay, Jess and Liv's have answered already, so let's open it up to everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone want to unmute themselves and give the answer? Chloe Pathos. says it's pathos. Well done, thank you. Chloe, do you want to choose a, um, a colour? Yeah, um, I, I, will, I will have, I'll have yellow. 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 I, I think we can see what's being revealed underneath the colours. Okay, so what? the uh, next question. What did Paul tell the magician would happen to him? So what did, what did Paul say to the magician? You will what? Yeah, May's got the right answer. Oh, yeah. um, you will not see. So <clears throat> the magician was going to become blind. So May, choose a colour. Dark blue. Okay, uh, what was the name of the Roman governor? Amelie, go. Sergius. Oh, Sergius. Sergius Paulus. He had a name that was a little bit similar to Paul's. Maybe that was what... Uh, made him want to hear what Paul had to say. Excellent. Amelie, choose a colour. Purple. Number six, what is the missing word? You will not be able to see anything, not even the light from the... Sun. Oh. <laughs> Straight away. Okay. Jesse, do you want to choose another colour? Oh. Um, red, please. 
Number seven, who was with Paul and Barnabas to help? He is mentioned just once, nearish the beginning. Verse five, who was with Paul to help him? You lot are all really quiet today. Adults, um, wake up. John Mark, Ellie. Yay, thanks, Justin. John Mark, Justin, choose a colour. Being told green, so they all look the same to me. Yeah, I know. I did wonder. <laughs> Justin is colourblind. Not it's not just red green; it's yellow blue colourblind as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, which do you want? This green? Can you see my mouse? Go for that one. That green. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so, what is the name of the island they sailed to? I think Andy needs to answer this one. Andy, were you going to say what the name of the island was? Oh, sorry, Cyprus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you unmuted, but you didn't say a word. Uh, very good, Andy, well done. Have you been to Cyprus? Yes, yes a few times. A few times. Is it, is it nice there? Yeah, it's got family there. Have you? Cool. Have you visited? Is there a Roman um, sort of palace remains where Sergius Paulus would have, would have lived? In Pathos, I don't know, because um, last time I went, most of the times I went, I was younger. We only went once when we were married. Okay. Uh, we'll have to look that, we'll have to find that one out. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, oh yeah, pick a colour. Andy, pick a colour. Uh, orange, please. Lovely. And final question, what is the word we use for when someone gives up eating for a while? Fasting. Hungry. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Fasting. May knew it. Fasting. Well done, May. So, what colour? Oh, pink. <laughs> there we go. The pink one's gone. So, we reveal the map of Paul's first journey. So, this is what we're going to be looking at in our cafe churches. We started today with Cyprus, which is here. And then he sailed on uh, here to Pamphylia and there's another Antioch look there, two Antiochs, one in Syria and one in Galatia, which I think is Turkey. All of this nowadays is Turkey. Um, so over, over this direction, which you can't see on the map, where Paul went further in his second journey, that is then Greece. And then he went even further on his last journey and went over to Italy. So he got fairly close to getting to England, but he didn't quite get far enough to, to come to England. Uh, but we did have missionaries come to England eventually, um, and England all became Christians as well. So um, he carried on round, and then he went, he, he didn't pass through Cyprus on his way back, but he ended up back in Antioch after the end of his first journey to come in. Okay, I've asked Claire to choose the songs for worship this morning so that it wasn't all me. Um, and so she's uh, chosen the songs. I will share them through the icing. Um, kids, while um, Claire is uh, leading worship, if you like, um, it would be really nice to hear you at the end of worship. Um, have you ever done an acrostic poem before? Do you know what that is? You might have done them at school. So what they are is they are word, the words of something written downwards and then you think of a word that begins with each letter. Um, and I've written the word Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is mentioned loads in the story. Um, he, the Holy Spirit was the one that sent Paul and Barnabas out. The Holy Spirit was the one that filled Paul so that he could um, command and make um, Elimas blind. So the Holy Spirit is God and he is powerful um, and he has work for us to do and he gives us help when we need it. So I was wondering if during worship you would like to create an acrostic poem and think of some words that describe the Holy Spirit beginning with each of these letters. Okay, so um, if you want to have a go at that, that would be absolutely brilliant. You can work together if you want at home um, and then... Um, We'll perhaps hear from you after worship. So I will hand over to Claire 
Um, and then I will share the songs, Claire, when you tell me to. All right. OK, folks, I've just uh, been thinking um, over the last few weeks, um, and I think some of it's because of the result of uh, that that um, investigation that I had uh, on me over the last few um, few months or felt like a, a year. But um, something that's made me think of uh, is what who's what's my identity um kind of who who am i and um started reading a really good book and it's it's made me think think about some things and it's um so uh, just some things i want you to think about um who tells us who we are who's telling you who you are who defines us um and and who do you think you are uh, and, and when we're thinking about our, our identity, I think in our, particularly in our society, um, identity comes from our job. Some people think about their job and they think, um, I'm really important, I've got a job, or if you lose your job, you lose that identity of, of kind of earning money and, and being someone. <clears throat> Is it your parents or your family? And um, for, for me, you know, my, my parents told me that I was stupid and useless or kind of not worth sort of talking to. Uh, so that's um, not a very good identity to sort of hamper around with yourself. Um, also, if, if our parents ignore us, we often go to our friends and our friends when we're young tell us who we are. And as we get older, they're, they're the ones that... Um, you know, help us to identify who we are, or there are enemies. Our enemies also hate us and tell us um, lies about ourselves. And then there's kind of things like entertainment. Um, we look at pop stars or we look at the TV and we see how we should be and that the certain activities that's and things like that. That's that's what we should be. <clears throat> and even as Christians, you know, we can look at activities, we look at good works, our good works, how good we are, we're outreaching, you know, we're a good Christian, or maybe sometimes we go and look at our ancestry. Who, who were we? Do we cling to the past? Um, you know, where are our roots? And uh, I think our identity troubles us sometimes. Uh, and for some of us, you know, we hate ourselves because of what we've done or um, what we see in ourselves, a sort of introspection. And for others, you know, we think we're great for the opposite regions of what we've done uh, and, and what we see in ourselves. Uh, and if we take our identity from others uh, and from other things, we become those things. And so we lean towards those things. And so as believers, you know, we need to look at our roots. What are our roots? Our identity is in Jesus. Uh, we're a new creation. Uh, now our identity is in him. And a verse that really struck me is that sort of um, gets to focus. Um, I took it from the New English Bible. It really unpacked this verse for me. It's Matthew 16, 24 to 25. If anyone wishes to be a follower of mine, he must leave self behind. Uh, it, it, in some Bibles, it says it, it implies sort of selfishness, but leave that self, that's, that lie of what yourself is. He must take up his cross and come with me. Whoever cares for his own safety is lost, but a man who will let himself be lost for my sake will find his true self. And that's what we're looking for. Um, if we find out who our true self is in, uh, and we know who we are in God, we will be strong and we will stand. <clears throat> so uh, just something for when we sing, sing these songs is to think, who does he say we are? And I want you to share after we've sung a couple of songs to share who you believe you are in Christ. It's not us talking about ourselves, it's talking about the amazing thing he's done in us. And that is worth acknowledging and praising God for. And the way we find out more about who we are is that abiding. We've been talking, I've talked, shared about abiding a little bit, and, and I know other people have. I know Sandy shared something about abiding, abiding under his wings and dwelling in his presence. So that's Psalm 91 and um, Psalm 15 and 24. So listening to what God says about us and not what the world says about us. 
um, uh, God speaks to that Jesus bit in us and helps us to grow. So we're going to sing two songs, and um, uh, one of them is, Oh Lord our God. Uh, uh, oh, I've forgotten the words now. <laughs> Lost for words. When, when I in awesome wonder. Oh, oh yeah, when I in awesome wonder. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you're there helping me there. <laughs> and then the other one is um, All Heaven Declares. And I want us just to think about the amazing his creation. And actually, we're part of that. So if we could sing those two songs and then afterwards, if we can just share some of the wonderful things that you feel that God has done for you in your life. Lord, I just thank you that um, you put yourself into our lives, Lord. You make us beautiful for you, Lord God. I just thank you that you draw us to yourself, Lord. And um, I, th I thank you that you're changing us from glory to glory, Lord God. And we uh, just bless you today and, and thank you that no, uh, there's nothing in our lives that can't bow the knee to you, Lord, as we abide in you and spend time with you, Lord. If you just all share now, if you just share something that you feel God is, uh, you can thank God for doing in your life. Wherever we started from, this is where we are once we put our faith in uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what it says in 1 John 3. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Amen. Lord, how grateful I am that your mercies are new every morning, that you're fresh and willing to love and forgive us every single day. Lord, I'm so grateful. I wish I had better words than great uh, to describe you. Um, but there's nothing that can describe just how great you are. Amen. Father, I bless you, Lord, that you are in the business of changing people, Lord, so that our identities are in Christ and we become more like Christ, Lord. Lord, I bless you, Father. It's I look in the mirror each morning and I just see an old man looking back at me. And yet, Lord, you say in your word um, that we are transformed from one level one degree of glory to another and that we do not yet know what we shall become but lord i bless you that you are committed to every one of us lord to forming the identity of christ in us um, so when you look at us you see christ father lord thank you that um, one day lord we shall become like him lord um, fully lord god um, and we bless you and thank you for that that we are not static people lord we are journeying all the time with you, Lord, and we thank you for that, Lord. Amen. Lord, you, you give us worth, and that is very important, Lord, that your love is unconditional, that you raise us up above everything else. It, it doesn't matter, Lord, what other people think. It's what you think, Lord, and we just thank you for that. You give us an identity, which is an eternal identity and we thank you for that lord and and also that you're a loving father you do the best for us lord you care for us in every way you provide for all our needs not our wants and um lord your love is something we could never explain really because it's so it's so everything it, it gives us worth it gives us character it gives us that feeling of wanting to do more and for telling people about it and i do pray lord that um, this will happen more and more that we will cuddle up to you really and um that from that will come everything else protect us against the work of the evil one i pray lord and Thank you that the Holy Spirit is our guide and everything we need. Lord, and thank you for Jesus' death on the cross because it's all about you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father, the, uh, the world through media is getting ever more clever and, and efficient at trying to tell me 
who I am, what my values should be, what I should look like, what I should aspire to, what I should aspire for. And Father, I want to thank you for the growth and work of your Holy Spirit in my life that overcomes these temptations to follow the world's pattern and to be squeezed into its mold. Thank you, Lord, that Christ is growing in me day by day. And I pray, Father, for all my brothers and sisters, that we might all know deeply, deeply in the core of our innermost being that the Christ who has come to dwell in me is making me more and more fashioned according to his perfect image. And, and that is so wonderful because although the world keeps saying, oh, Martin, you've got to be yourself. You've got to be me. Uh, Lord, actually, if I'm in Christ, the meanness of me becomes even greater. Whereas if I try and establish my own identity, I get smaller and more shriveled. So, Lord, I pray that you will cause your spirit to grow in us every day more and more. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just, just before we sing our next song, I just wanted to share this verse from um, Philemon 6. It says, the sharing of your faith may become effective by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. So acknowledging what God has done in our lives makes us more confident to share that faith for others. So it's not just we who grow, but it's the others. We feel just excited about sharing what the wonders God has done in our lives for us. So us changing and bowing the knee more to Jesus makes us more willing to want to share his wonders with the world. We can sing the last song. Thank you, Claire. Excellent song choices. Um, so let's move on in our uh, service. Did any did any kids do the Holy Spirit acrostic poem? Yay, Jesse. Would you like to read out what are your words for Holy Spirit? Helpful, only God, loving, you are kind, super. Peaceful, intelligent, respectful, infinite, true. That's absolutely brilliant. Well done. Fantastic. Did any other kids do one? I've got what Evie and Lucy have done. So I read it out. Yeah. Okay. So happy, open, love, you are amazing. Special, praying. They didn't get the eyes but R for rain and T for trust. Yay, very good girls. Tell them well done from us. Um, Emily and May did one as well, I made them. Uh, what's yours, May? Nice loud voice. First one's happy, second one's omnipresent. Uh, L for love. I didn't, I couldn't think of a Y, so I just went yo, yo, yo. S, uh, spirit for S. P powerful for P, incredible for I, revolutionary for R, um, epic for E, and terrific for T. Very good. Emily, your ones? Um, I got H, hope, O, obtainable, L, listen, Y, yearning, S, safety, P, peace, I, indescribable, R, rule, I, inconceivable, T, truth. Excellent. Our children know all about the Holy Spirit. That's brilliant. Well done, everybody. Okay. Um, right. It's now um, the time for um, having a, a bit of a deeper think about this, um, about what happened in Acts 13. Um, so kids, if you want to at this point, uh, you can, uh, you're very welcome to, you've probably already done them I don't know but uh, Justin did uh, pop in some sheets for you to do um, based on the story today so um, if you want to have a go at doing those um, then uh, it'll be great to share them at the end if you like um, so now's the time do you want to go and do no thanks okay right 
So Acts 13, I'm just going to kind of um, do a, a, a kind of a little brief overview to give you a bit more detail and understanding into uh, the passage. Um, and, uh, and then we're going to go into breakout rooms. And I've got um, a couple of sort of questions myself that um, I think if I'd had more time and was doing a maybe Martin Ralph preach, I might have gone into a bit more depth um, into these particular areas. Uh, but I, uh, so at the end, I, I've got a couple of questions I'd like you to discuss in your rooms and see what you see what you think about. Um, so, so far, the resurrection and Jesus going back to his father, uh, sorry, after the resurrection and Jesus going back to his father, the Holy Spirit has come. The truth about Jesus has been preached in Jerusalem. Uh, the new Christians were Jews only. Uh, but Peter gets told by God that the truth about Jesus is for non-Jews too. Uh, Saul, a Christian hater and a Pharisee, um, meets Jesus himself, even after Jesus had gone back to heaven. He, Jesus comes and, and, and makes himself known to Paul, to Saul. He becomes a Christian and he gets called Paul as well, um, which I think actually is just his Roman name and Saul is his Jewish name. So like Bar Jesus had two names, a Jewish one and a, and a Greek one, um, that's just um, that Paul had two names and he's, and he's known from now on as his um, Roman name. So uh, he meets Jesus and becomes a Christian. The truth about Jesus is begun to be heard in other places, so not just in Jerusalem. Churches are formed leaders are chosen. And today's story uh, begins in Antioch, north of Israel in Syria. Um, uh, there is, and I mentioned before, there's also another Antioch in Turkey. So we're not talking about that one today. Um, Luke sets the, sets the scene by, uh, who Luke wrote, wrote the book of Acts, by listing uh, the Antioch's church leaders um, and prophets. Um, and they're spiritually gifted. Um, uh, they're prophets and teachers, so they are um, full of the Holy Spirit. They're also multiculturally, can't say that word, and I can't say this one either, socioeconomically diverse. Um, so Barnabas is a Levite from Cyprus. He's from Cyprus himself, so he knows it really well. Um, I didn't clock that until I read this passage. Um, and a Levite, so he was one of the um, uh, tribes which were chosen to be priests. So he is obviously very well versed in, in the Old Testament, in the scriptures. And he uh, works alongside Simeon, whose nickname was Niger, which actually means black. So this guy is obviously black. Um, so he's obviously from somewhere like in Africa. So he's not actually from Antioch either. Um, he's a, a, a guy who's multiculturally diverse. He's from Africa. Um, and there's Lucius, who's a Roman. So uh, he's from Cyrene in North Africa as well. Uh, North Africans aren't as black as uh, other areas of Africa, I don't think so. Um, uh, but also from a completely different place. There's Manaean, who uh, in his youth was chosen as a companion to a prince, Herod Antipas. Um, so he's got real experience with rich people um, and has lived in a palace. Uh, and knows what what kind of what you should and shouldn't do in those situations. So these guys are really like they all have different skill sets and different experiences to draw upon. And then there's Saul himself, who's a Pharisee. So he's got uh, privileges within Jewish synagogues. He can just rock up and preach without having to ask permission. <clears throat> He's also from Cilicia in Southeast Asia Minor, which I did work out where that was from, but I've forgotten and I didn't write it down. Uh, Tarsus, which is, uh, is that Greek? Greece, maybe? So he's not from around there either. Okay, so they were worshipping and fasting. And I think that the church in Antioch, um, uh, the, the whole of the church in Antioch, 
seem to be doing that. Uh, the passage that the girls read doesn't make it as clear, but the New King James Version says, um, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, and then it names the teachers, um, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Um, the Holy Spirit said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Um, so it, it doesn't uh, specifically mean that the teachers and the prophets themselves were worshipping and fasting. It just says the church of Antioch, they had these leaders, but the church at Antioch were worshipping and fasting together. Um, and I think also it says, uh, the Holy Spirit said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Um, he doesn't need to explain what that work is. They all know, they all know that it's their work as well. Everyone's work is uh, to preach about and tell everyone about Jesus. Um, but God wanted to send Paul and Barnabas to, Barnabas to areas that where they were most suited for that work. Um, so Cyprus and Turkey. Who knows, maybe another time, um, the African guy went back to Africa um, and the Roman guy went back to North Africa um, and they were specifically chosen for their work as well. We don't hear about them. I'd like to. Maybe it was written down somewhere. So Antioch then, Antioch the church, becomes a model for the missionary vision um, and missionary deployment of every church. A church that embodies cultural diversity and has spiritually gifted, sensitive and obedient leaders that will release uh, into Christ's service those who are called. Um, and that, uh, that's us. That's what we are. Um, though perhaps our cultural diversity is limited to old townians, uh, Seasidians, Willingdonians, I don't know, where else is everyone from? <laughs> Eastinians, says Emily. <laughs> They're on, that's our mission field, that's where our cultural diversity lies, that's where we've been, that's where we'll be called to. So this sending forth was the work of the spirit rather than the church. From the text, it appears that um, both sent them. So it says the church sent them and it says uh, the Holy Spirit sent them. But there's two different uh, meanings in the Greek. So um, the Holy Spirit, were, they uh, sent them forth. Um, I am not going to try and pr pronounce the Greek word. Um, whereas uh, the church released them. Um, and there's also another Greek word, apelousin, if you wanted to know what it was. So they were sent forth by the Holy Spirit but and released by the church for their work. So Paul then, they, uh, they get on this boat and go across and he preaches at the synagogues first in the port that they arrive in. Um, and there must have been a lot of Jews on Cyprus. Um, he was a Pharisee, so he got the right to preach. First, they preach at the main port and then they travel to Paphos, which is the capital of Cyprus, where the Roman governor lived. And there was the, this advisor to the governor, Bar-Jesus or Elimas. So his Hebrew name, Bar-Jesus, his uh, Roman name or Greek name, I don't know whether it's Roman or Greek, Elimas. He was a Jew, uh, but he kind of did magic tricks, really. Um, not magic tricks that were like we think of them as like sleight of the hand. He, he was he was drawing on a power to do miraculous things, and he gained some notoriety. Um, obviously, the Romans back then was sort of susceptible to miracles. Of course, she would be. So whichever god could show his power most would be the one that they would want to follow and believe in. Um, and it's another example of miracles, I, I think, um, being commonplace in those days, not just um, uh, not just through, you know, uh, Jesus and, and what we hear about what Jesus did. Um, there were uh, supernatural things happened back then. They just don't seem to happen anymore. Um, I know that a lack of scientific knowledge might have explained some miracles, but I, I definitely think there were many more unexplained phenomena going on. Oh, I keep clicking a button and then I lose my place, sorry. Danny in our culture today. Paul quickly spots that Elymas has been listening to the devil. 
whether he was knowingly listening to the devil, whether he knew it was the devil or not, I don't know. But the devil obviously was able to do some magic through Elimas. Um, I think that nowadays the devil has completely deceived our nation uh, into kind of the opposite thing, into thinking that miracles don't happen. Um, and we've been sort of butted up into thinking that we are so much more knowledgeable than we used to be and science can explain everything. Uh, it's actually a very clever trick of the devil. It's, it's convincing um, and it's working very well, even to the point where miraculous activity is suppressed um, and is never published in the media or anywhere else. And the key to the de devil's deception is flattery, always seems to be flattery. Um, he's convinced us that we are too clever to believe in the nonsense of the Bible. Um, don't we love being told we're clever? It's just a human, a human, oh hello dog. It's a human, uh, part of human nature to want to be told, you know, you get your parents, you love your, Claire was just telling, telling us that her parents never did that, never told us she was clever, but we want to hear it, we crave it. Oh, you're so clever. And that's what the devil is doing right now. Oh, aren't you so clever? And it's working. Um, in this passage, the Roman governor is described as clever, as intelligent. But true intelligence doesn't look like what we think it does. It's not puffed up with its own sense of cleverness. It's not just thinking that you know definitively that someone else is wrong just because you haven't seen proof yourself. This clever Roman knew that others might be able to teach him. He'd listened uh, and was already beginning to believe in what Paul was saying without seeing any proof or evidence, which obviously Elimas didn't like. He was probably living quite a nice life being a spiritual advisor to the Roman governor. So uh, he tried to stop Paul, but Elimas wasn't getting his power from God and any power not from God is not as powerful. <laughs> When the Roman governor saw Elimas becoming blind, he knew which power was the stronger. And it confirmed what he was already beginning to believe in his heart was the truth. Clever man. Don't we wish sometimes that God would just prove his power to people? He doesn't work like that. He didn't work like that actually in this situation. Um, so often when we read about his power in the Bible, uh, there's already faith there to begin with. Um, the power just backs up that faith. The Roman governor did not specifically have the faith that Paul's God was more powerful than the magician. Um, he was just starting to believe that Paul was telling the truth. And isn't that what faith is? It's just believing something to be true. Okay. We're gonna um, have a quick discussion. I think probably 15 minutes will take us to 12 o'clock-ish uh, in some breakout rooms. So I've kind of just um, uh, given you an overview of the, of the story and of what happens. Um, I have a couple of questions that I would, that if you, I mean, you can discuss whatever you like about the passage in your breakout rooms, I don't mind at all. Um, however, this thought came to mind whilst reading it. Uh, the fasting. We hear about worship and fasting of the early church just goes together hand in hand. I hate fasting. I've done it once. Uh, I get really shaky when I'm when I don't eat and I hate it. Um, and I, I am completely honest with you. I just don't do it. Never once, maybe twice. Um, but they seem to do fasting a lot. So is this something that we're supposed to be doing more of as a church? I, I don't know. I'd, I would love to go back and look, watch the churches and like watch what they were doing. But the Holy Spirit seemed to really speak to them. Uh, I don't know. So there's a question if you want to uh, talk about in your uh, breakout rooms. The other um, question um, 
was about the 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 faith question about um what is faith um i kind of feel like um faith is kind of just believing something to be true you don't it's not some kind of ethereal thing that you, uh, you hear people say oh i wish i had your faith as if it's something kind of that you have to strive and meditate hours to obtain um, it's kind of uh, in, in faith. That's not faith. So, uh, if you want to have a discussion about that in your breakout rooms, then I'd love to hear what uh, your thoughts on that as well. Um, okay, I'm going to stop talking. Um, so, I think my dad is going to randomly put you in groups, and we'll have uh, 15 minutes, and then come and you can offer me your insights into this story. So you're looking at Acts 13, verses 1 to 12. All right. Uh, we were deep in discussion when we <laughs> when that ended. Uh, we talked mainly about fasting. It's really, it was really helpful. Um, so uh, it's already midday. Wow. Um, we've talked about and, and covered a load of stuff this morning. Um, so, uh, but it would be good to kind of just hear back from, from each leader, perhaps. Uh, just uh, briefly what you discussed and what were your kind of a summation of your outcomes of your discussion. I can't remember who were the group leaders, apart from ours. Claire. And our group, we, we discussed two things, really. We would talked a bit about the fact of the differences of, of those. We hadn't realised how they'd all come from such different backgrounds. And in summary, we, we said about our differences, that we can help each other because of our differences. Some of us have been through different things and got different strengths and different weaknesses. And so that that was kind of, and different skills. And so in, in that way, we've got our living stones all working together. That, that was just a, a quick summary of that. And then also we, we talked about fasting. And just in summary, you know, some people on medication or their health, they can't fast. Mm -hmm. However, they can fast from other things like television. I talked about my Star Trek problem, <laughs> um, uh, but we can, um, you know, we can fast from from doing certain things that we take pleasure in, or watching telly, or, or stuff if we can't eat. So, so that was, uh, and it's also um, Les was talking about the attitude that comes out of us is important. So you can fast because you're very busy, but that's not fasting. You know, you haven't got time to eat, or you can fast because you're seeking the Lord. That's it. That's a summary. Thank you. Uh, who else was a leader? Paul, you were a leader. Yeah, should we go to you next? I'll unmute. Um, yeah, we, we were um, struck by the, the spiritual hunger that there was. Um, and they were they were begging to hear and and a bit later on in the chapter we uh, we, we read that um, almost the whole city was gathered to hear the word of the Lord that wasn't this event but it was a bit bit later on there seemed to be a spiritual hunger um, that perhaps we lack these days although we recognize that there still is a hunger for some meaning in life uh, although people tend to to get the answers in in uh, a variety of different ways um, and the 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 sense that the, there was perhaps in, in the, the 1980s John Wimber very much a, a sense of, of, of the um, spiritual warfare uh, which has has, uh, has gone uh, to a certain extent from from our experience today um, and then we were we were struck by by Paul facing up to this this Elymas um, and the fact that it says he looked straight at Elymas uh, it didn't just look at him it looked straight at him and there's this sort of perception and discerning of of the the evil spirit that was within the man um, and the fact that there was absolutely no compromise um, and 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 he was struck blind we we did wonder how that would go down today really because we have a we, we, you know, we're very accommodating with, with other people's views and, and, and compromising um, our faith. And Paul, Paul was straight to the point um, and didn't, didn't stand uh, in any nonsense from this man. 
um, how many people would be would be going around blind if we really uh, sort of faced up and took that sort of position? Anyway, they, that was a few of our thoughts. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, good. There's so much to pick up on. Um, In the mercy of God, he was only blind for a time. Oh, okay. Does it say that in the passage? I missed that bit. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, you'll be, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. We don't hear about how he, or when he um, got his sight back. Perhaps when he did, he uh, turned to Jesus. You would hope so. Um, Shall I share ours, El? Yeah, cool. Yes, we had a discussion on uh, what sort of the nature of faith, and Sandy shared some really interesting insights about what it actually means, and it was relationship-based rather than just kind of head-based. Mm. Um, what Robin shared with us, his he said he has a, a global map in his head, and Robin's sort of missionary view for the, is for a whole world, much like Paul, I guess, you know, the kind of not just your local area, but pretty much everywhere. Uh, and then Chris and Cheryl told us some amazing stories about what it is like to live uh, a life of faith. And it's quite hair raising is, 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 is the kind of uh, summary for that. And then Pat shared with us something which really struck me, which was um, when, you, when, you, when you live in faith, if you take a step of faith, even when you're really vulnerable, that's actually really empowering were her words. And um, I thought that was, that was really fascinating. The idea that God, uh, his perfect will is made, you know, his will is made perfect in weakness. Well, well that's incredible really, isn't it? Um, so that was our, that was our summary. Excellent. Good. Again, totally different stuff. Really good. Um, uh, is Alex that, was the other one. Yeah. So Jeanette, Jeanette actually did uh, instead of Alex, but so Jeanette, do you want to just cover what we, we talked about fasting? Sorry. There we are. Yeah, we, we um, didn't get further than Ellie's first question, which was what uh, fasting, is there a purpose to it? Is there kind of a, a biblical mandate, a New Testament mandate for it um, and everything? And we had some very interesting uh, personal testimonies, um, uh, especially Penny, who's, who's done it uh, quite uh, certainly at one stage regularly in the past and um, how she's felt and Rosie uh, and myself. So we, we talked about types of fasting too um, and discussed uh, what, what was comparable to food fasting in the New Testament, what would be comparable nowadays as well as food. And basically anything that takes our time and would be costly to, to put to one side whether that's Facebook or whatever uh, and Jess was right she, she she said it's it's the heart commitment it's saying to the Lord I truly want to connect with you I want to listen to you I want to hear hear from you so so we had a good rounded discussion about about the the merits of um, uh, fasting in general I think that was about it wasn't it Ellie yeah, yeah, yeah. Well covered. Yeah. And Andy, Andy was the the final group. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, just very quickly going through. Then um, we discovered, really, I think that um, that Sergius Paulus, the proconsul, it, it specifically says he was an intelligent man. So he really, we could say, he was a man of our time. And at the end of the passage, it says when he saw what had happened to Elimus, it says he was astonished. And we think that maybe um, for our time, there's a lot of people that would need to be astonished who are intelligent, so to speak. The other thing we touched on very briefly was that it seems in the scriptures that um, that miracles um, and signs and wonders very much surrounded the preaching of the gospel. Um, and, and, and overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly so um, is the that miracles happen when the gospel is preached. But Joe made a very good point, as did Justin, um, that, you know, what about people now who are ill and the Lord doesn't heal them, you know, believers, Christians. And we also looked at, you know, the Apostle Paul. Um, he had an affliction, wasn't healed. Um, Timothy um, was ill, wasn't healed. 
Um, and so it, it was important that people who are, who are Christians and are not healed don't feel condemned because people start telling everybody, go and heal everybody. It just seemed that the, the vast majority of people that were healed um, were, was in a, an evangelistic context. <laughs> Cool, thank you. Uh, some really, uh, yeah, really good discussions and, and so much in that passage, always, always so much. Every verse can be, uh, in the Bible, can be discussed at length. Um, so full of, of just uh, 20 dimensions. Um, okay, we, uh, we'll draw this um, to a close. Um, I think that, um, I, I just sort of feel like um, uh, my parting thought is, and, and I say it with absolute kind of, oh, really? Um, is that, I, I've, I don't know, leaders, you can discuss this. As a church, the church together worshipped and fasted. And we've talked about how, um, we talked in our group about how it was an individual thing, like for a particular thing that we wanted, we were praying for, we, uh, um, and it seemed a very individual, personal thing. Um, but they, but the early church, it was that they all did it together. Um, maybe we should be doing that more no let's say no <laughs> oh dear so we'll finish we'll finish there uh, i have a song uh, to pray but to to pray that's my next thought it, when it skipped it, it merged with my thought um, a song to play but before that um, I would like some of you just to pray into what we have um, talked about this morning uh, just one or two um, so if you could unmute yourselves and uh, let's just give this morning to God it's all it's actually been a whole lot of different stuff there doesn't seem to be one theme that has emerged uh, this morning sometimes the Holy Spirit brings it together and and gives us one thing to take away this morning has been all sorts of really interesting stuff um, so let's uh, pray into that thank you Lord Jesus in name Holy Spirit and hand in heaven hands and keep in touch and in heaven in kingdom of heaven amen amen Amen. Lord, I just thank you that we are church. We are a, a group of um, living people who represent you, Lord. We just pray that you will lead us as a church in the way you want us to go, Lord. You've placed within us many gifts, many skills, Lord. Uh, I pray, Lord, you help us to break down our barriers and work together as one for you, Lord, as we see you imaged in each one of us. Lord, we are made in your image, and I just pray we would um, more and more manifest that for the sake of the world. Amen. 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 Yes, Lord, this, uh, if uh, something comes out of this morning specifically, Lord, it's that we are we are your missionaries, and that and and uh, Paul and Barnabas is calling is all of our calling. Um, none of us uh, are told to keep silent about Jesus, not one of us. Um, and so Father, uh, this morning, um, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be upon us all. Um, it, it, none of what Paul did was possible without the Holy Spirit. He was filled with you and he was so uh, willing to, to go where you led him. Um, and Father, you, uh, we are your body united for you uh, in, this, in this purpose of, of um, sharing just you. You are just so worth sharing. <laughs> Um, uh, your sacrifice, your love for us, um, your compassion on us, your amazing good advice as to how we live our lives, Father God, you are so worth sharing. So Lord, we are your people here, your body together, um, and we come together every Sunday to worship you. And Lord, if you would like us to also fast for you so that you can speak to us and speak into our um, situations clearly. Um, Lord, help us in that too, in the fasting, Father. Um, Lord, we commend ourselves to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Ellie, uh, a couple of notices. Oh, sorry, I forgot there no might problem, be them. No problem, no problem. It's simple. Just to say next... Sunday is our communion Sunday, so 
uh, just to uh, bear that in mind when we we meet together so that you're ready with your bread and juice or wine uh, and to the guys uh, keep your eye open in your inbox uh, for further details about our uh, takeaway night on Thursday and perhaps just be thinking what I'm going to be having for my takeaway so it can be it's not, we're not calling it a curry night because your preference might be fish and chips so um, anyway that, that's uh, uh, that's where we'll be uh, on Thursday we'll be looking for a seven o'clock start and um, I'm just gonna uh, do a little bit of a Martin Ralph um, uh, 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 preach here. Uh, Sergius Paulus, uh, astonishing. You, we can find out about him actually from sources outside of the Bible. He was quoted by the Roman historian Pliny um, and was obviously an expert. His intelligence, his expertise was probably in natural history. Um, and um, he was obviously, he was also from a very big, uh, 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 noble um, Roman family, one of these noble patrician Roman families. And his posting to Cyprus was definitely a plum job. It was like, you know, being posted to, 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 to Washington as the ambassador. And the interesting thing is, is that um, he, the next time we hear about him in secular history is... Um, he, he's basically uh, looking after the River Tiber um, in, back in Rome. And he, he basically just making sure it's clear of rubbish and, and the dead bodies that were thrown into the Tiber. What a demotion. He had one of the plum jobs in the empire and ended up just looking after the River Tiber. And uh, that's probably the price that he paid for becoming a Christian. Um, so just one or two interesting facts. And the, also the suggestion that possibly, interesting that Paul became Paul at this point. Um, it, a, a, a suggestion has been that Sergius Paulus might have adopted, as, as Roman citizens did, adopted Paul as his, made him in the, into his adopted son. And so Paul was adopted into the family of Sergius Paulus. And this would account in many ways for the, ease of access that Paul had on his journeys, not just that he was a Roman citizen, but that actually he was the adopted son in one of these great Roman families. And that that actually gave him a lot of, opened a lot of doors for him on his missionary journey. So there we are, one or two thoughts around Sergius Paulus. Ellie, back to you. Thanks, Dad. Right. Uh, that is actually fascinating that I didn't find out in my studies, so <laughs> thank you. Um, okay, it is uh, way past our usual finish time, so if you need to go, uh, please feel free to, and we will see you next time and have a great week. We're going to play a song to finish that um, uh, Claire recorded with Jess and Joe uh, in the first, or just after the first lockdown, I think. Um, so we'll play that song and then we'll hang around at the end after that for, for chats if you want to stay for social. Um, but um, see you next week. Have a good week. Don't get too cold.